today on Simple Truths. God's call goes out to those who are truly hungry. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Those who are well satisfied and satiated with the things of the world. These are the words of Jesus. The judgment is for self-absorption, seeing no need of God, nor room for God. You have to go from one thing to another. You know anything about that? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Many have the privilege of hearing Jesus in person, yet unfortunately many made the decision not to follow Him. And though we may not have had the privilege to hear Him face to face, the simple truth is He is still speaking very clearly through His Word. But the question is still the same, will you choose to follow Him or not? Here's Pastor Xavier with the continuation of a study series from Luke chapter 6. Are you in the kingdom of God? Jesus has been teaching throughout Galilee, as you know, both in the synagogues and the open air. And his fame is growing and the crowds are flocking to him. Luke gives us one of these occasions as Jesus is um, teaching and healing many among the multitudes in his sermon on the plain. Notice the people were seeking Jesus for personal benefits at the end of 17 and 19. At the end of 17, they came to be instructed by Jesus. It says, who came to hear him. They came to be touched by Jesus also and to be healed of diseases. Very practical. They came to be delivered also from demon possession. Those who were tormented with unclean spirit, it says. Now Jesus pronounced a blessing on them. Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. These are known as Beatitudes, as you know. There are nine in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 3 through 11. There are four in the Sermon on the Plain here, verse 20 to 23. The word blessed means happy. The happiness is true lasting happiness based on the reality of a relationship with God. Because you're saved, far different from the happiness of the world that is based on something you have, something that you don't have, or whatever it may be, your emotions or whatever it is. Now, the particular individual, notice, blessed in the genuine happiness is said to be the poor. This is a paradox. These beatitudes are paradox. All of them is we go one by one. The word poor means one destitute of wealth, influence, position, or honor in the world. The happiness of the poor is substantiated by the words, for yours is the kingdom of God. That makes all the difference in the world. The poor disciples among the crowds, having been born again now by the gospel, were rich, having access to the wealth of God through his kingdom. The minute you and I were born again, we can come before the throne of grace. We can depend on the Lord. We look to him for everything. Now notice, the believer next has the right hand appetite. In verse 21, blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. The hunger here is spiritual for the things of God, expressed in the present participle. It's a durative expressing quality and condition. That of hungering constantly for the hunger referred to not only continues, but it increases in the very act of being satisfied. The Greek Scholar Lansky says, this hunger is for God, the word of God, the things of God. 
The blessed happiness of the disciples of Jesus is that their hunger will be satisfied by Jesus. For you shall be filled. Then notice the believer's sorrow next will be turned to joy. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Another paradox. Notice the happiness of the disciples of Jesus is that their weeping will be consoled by Jesus. For you shall laugh. God will comfort us, strengthen us, speak to us. Now notice next, the believer's suffering for Jesus will be recompensed in heaven. 22 and part of 23. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Jesus pronounced the fourth beatitude on the believer in 22. Blessed are you when men hate you. He says, blessed are you when they revile you. It means to reproach or upbraid. The idea is of criticizing in an abusive, angrily insulting manner, demeaning you. The lasting happiness of the disciples of Jesus was in knowing Jesus would repay them for their loving commitment to suffer for his name's sake. Look at 23. Their orders are also a seeming paradox. Listen carefully. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. What? Instead of grieving and lamenting the painful experience as a disciple of Jesus, we are to consider it a good fortune to come upon us. He is faithful. So if God commands me to do something, he will enable me when he puts me in that position. He's not the author of Confucian. And history has bore witness to the many who have been persecuted, martyred, and put to death for Christ. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me in Philippians 4, 13. Notice their suffering will not be overlooked. For indeed, your reward is great in heaven. The word reward in context should not be taken as payment being earned for our suffering the meaning of reward means God will bestow and endow the believer for being a witness in their sufferings by the kind and generous hand of God through grace because he loves us. It's not something that we're earning or that God is indebted to us at all. Their common bond is like the prophet's notice of old. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, keep the list going. All day long, I have sent my prophets, you've killed them. Jesus spoke over and over again, Matthew 23, 34, 37, many other places, over and over again. Paul declared the proper perspective of this point that we're looking at. Listen carefully in Philippians 3, 7 through 8. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted lost for Christ, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the essence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Philippians 3, 7 through 8. The word there, rubbish, is a pile of manure. He has just finished giving all his resume of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised the eighth day, Pharisee of Pharisees, smoke my contemporaries. <laughs> all that stuff, Pile of dung compared to the excellency of knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
Are you perhaps saying, well, you know, I, I really did sacrifice a lot for Jesus. I gave up a lot. Really? I, I gave up only one thing. You ready for it? Hell. And while here, pain, sorrow, stupidity, wrong decisions, the believer is wealthy in Christ Jesus. Make no mistake of that. Listen to the words of Jesus. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world, John 16, 33. In fact, Jesus put it this way. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. That's the key. Because they do not know him who sent me. If I had come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. Or if I would have not come, they have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Of course, he's talking about the Jewish nation in context. But in principle, it's to all. Jesus has come, and no one will ever be passed up. All will have an opportunity before they die. So they have no excuse because God has given them an opportunity to repent from their sins. He who hates me hates my father also. All this he said in John 15, 18 through 23. The blessings of accepting the kingdom of God comes through suffering for Jesus the Messiah. Notice thirdly, verse 24 to 26, the warning about rejecting the kingdom of God. In verse 24, the unbeliever has the false wealth. Mark it well. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. The clear contrast is marked by those who have declared to be blessed by God and now those who have no part with God. There are four woes that match the four beatitudes perfectly. They will correspond to each other. The first woe is addressed to the wealthy. But woe to you who are rich. The word woe, again, is an exclamation, an interjection of the Lord's judgment. There is no self-righteousness here. This is the judgment of Jesus. He is speaking. The judgment is for their lost spiritual condition and rebellious attitude against God. The particular individuals are indicated as rich, having an abundance of material things. These stand in sharp contrast to the poor. Again, just because you're poor doesn't mean you're saved or that God is for you. And God doesn't reject any rich. Jesus confronted the rich young ruler. And he went away sorrowful because he had many riches. Not because Jesus rejected him. Rich people depend upon their finances, as we'll see, upon themselves, not God. They don't see their need of God. The evidence against them is stated, for you have received your consolation. Here it is. The word consolation means comfort, solace. We get the root word for the Holy Spirit, the parakaleo. The idea of being a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment. And they have received, indicating to have wholly, have in themselves 
or to receive in fullness the indicative present, ongoing. They don't see any need. They're proud, they're arrogant, very content themselves and their abilities to increase and maintain their wealth. They have all they need and see no need in their lives for the kingdom of God. You've talked to people like that. I've talked to people like that. Some not rich, some others rich. Okay? They see themselves in no need of trusting Christ for their salvation. What do you mean saved? What do you mean eternal life? What do you mean sin? What is sin? That's the time that we're living. It's amoral. It's subjective. Their consolation, this particular one of their wealth here, would not help them before God. The riches would not help them or console them at death. The riches would not help nor console them at God's judgment. It'll do them no good. The notice next, the unbeliever is satisfied having a wrong appetite. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. The second woe is addressed to those who are well satisfied and satiated with the things of the world. Woe to you who are full. Woe once again, exclamation, interjection of the Lord's judgment here. These are the words of Jesus. The judgment is for their self-absorption, seeing no need of God, nor do they have room for God. Their lost condition and rebellious attitude against God is insulting, unacceptable, tolerated, permitted right now, but accountability at the end of life. The word full means to take one's fill or glut one's desire. Have everything, notoriety, fame, chicks, guys, drugs, houses, five, ten, vehicles, open doors. Hmm. The abundance of their content cravings at the present time would not bring them true satisfaction through life. You have to go from one thing to another. If you were in the world for any amount of time, you know that. And we're looking, okay, this is it. I, if I can get this, if I can get this job, if I can get this guy, I can get this girl, if I can just, you know, and then you get there and you go, oh, shoot. <laughs> it's like cotton candy, big. Oh, promise you, put it in your mouth. Poof, it's gone in two seconds. All you're left with cavities. <laughs> the cravings and pleasures at the present would disappoint them at the end. You know anything about that? This is opposite to the poor of verse 21. The next note is the unbeliever. Living for self will see it turn into sorrow. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. The third woe is addressed to those who just live for pleasure. Woe to you who laugh now. The woe again, exclamation here, interjection, the Lord's judgments. The judgment is for their self-absorption, seeing no need of God, nor having room for God. Their lost condition, rebellious attitude against God is insulting again and unacceptable, but God allows it at right now by will. The idea behind laughter is living for one's own amusement and pleasure. And as I said, look at all the entertainment, all the things that go on in our nation in spite of the economics and everything else. It's amazing to me. So people, are, people understand that things are bad, so what do they do? They, they, I'll go get entertained. They don't want to deal with reality, so they just escape it, Right? 
So they spend money they can't afford. They buy cars they can't afford. It's incredible. The absurd idea that they are sinners in need of salvation is ridiculous to them. Are you kidding me? They consider God and the gospel a waste of time rather than weeping or sobbing over their lostness. They're having a good time. The word now again is emphatic and it indicates now in the present time compared in contrast to the coming millennium. They're living for today. For today. The reason is given, for you shall mourn. The time will be in the future. The tense is indicative, future active. The day is certain. It will come. They will regret their living for pleasure and amusement. The word mourn is to lament, future active. How often people have said, oh, it's fun, it's great, and then then their sin finds them out. Now it turns into something horrible, and they regret it. The consequences come home. The word weep means to mourn, lament, sobbing, the same as in verse 21. They're parallels. The idea is one of pain and grief being experienced and expressed. Then notice 26, the unbelievers praised by men are condemned before God and by God. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. The fourth woe is addressed to those who are men pleasers. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. Woe, exclamation, interrogation of the Lord's judgment. Absolutely. The judgment is for their self-absorption, seeing no need of God, nor do they have room for God. So they hang out, they agree, they go along with those who reject God. So this way they're not marked or ostracized or rejected. They want to be like, they want to be around. Their lost condition and rebellious attitude against God is insulting and unacceptable again. Notice the word well, that means beautifully and excellently. The idea being so that there is no room for blame. No room for blame at all. They don't stand for anything, so they go along with everything. Just like weather vanes. If everybody likes you, you can't be a good light. You couldn't be salt. Now, if you're being rejected because you're obnoxious again, as I said, then that's your problem. Don't, don't blame it on Jesus. But if you're being rejected because of Jesus, then that's what this is talking about. Their judgment is for being traitors to God. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. Their fathers went along with the false prophets, compromising, not wanting to stir up the nest, not wanting to believe the word of God, but going with culture culturalizing the church, and that's what's going on today. The riches of this world cannot buy heaven. Listen to 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. 1 Timothy 6, 18 through 19. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. 1 Timothy 6, 18 through 19. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which draw men to destructions and perditions. 1 Timothy 6, 9. Nothing wrong with things in themselves. Listen, my beloved brethren. 
Has God not chosen the poor of this world to, rich, to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? James 2, 5. Those living for amusement and pleasure are very shallow people, and they pay a heavy price through life. You know some of them. Maybe you were there, and God has saved you by his grace. We're to understand the reality of living for mere pleasure. Listen to 1 Timothy 5, 6. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. The context is a young widow. Rather than serving God, she goes back in the world. We learn more from hard times than good times. Listen to Ecclesiastes 7, 2. Better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of fasting, for that is the end of all men, and living with, will take it to heart. I'm sorry, feasting. In other words, mourning and feasting, not fasting. Listen how many lessons. Put your finger on them. You know them in your life through blood, sweat, and tears and pain that have taught you, molded you, and shaped you more into Christ. Give me one pleasurable thing, fun thing that has made you more like Christ. Nothing wrong with the fun times. They don't mold and shape us into Christ. It's the hard times. We're to be preparing all our life for the final exam. You ready for the final exam? Here it is. Ecclesiastes 12.1. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. If you're not growing the Lord, when you grow old, you start falling apart, things happen, what are you going to draw from? We are to know and communicate the heart of God to sinners. This is his heart. Listen, for I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live, Ezekiel 18, 32. God's heart should be ours to reach out to those that they might turn to God. The pressure to be politically correct today is enormous as America and the world has become an amoral society. No objective truth. Everything is subjective. The indoctrination comes through the public education. That's the Trojan horse. The reinforcement is by all news media. The confirmation is from the politicians, and the intimidation comes from legislation of laws. It's all around us. Listen to Isaiah. I'll close with this. Isaiah 5, 20 through 24. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light, who light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant of mixing intoxicating drink, who justify the wicked for bribes and take away justice. From the righteous man, therefore as the fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the shaft, so their root will be as rottenness and their blossoms will ascend like dust because they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. The warnings about rejecting the kingdom of God means being rejected by Jesus, the Messiah. By the way, with a broken heart. The sermon on the plain has been characterized by the signs of the kingdom that verify Jesus with Messiah. The blessings of accepting the kingdom of God come through suffering for the Messiah. And the warning about rejecting the kingdom of God is to be heeded and results in being rejected by Jesus the Messiah. He says, come. He rejects no one. He died for all. 
yet not all will bow their knee to Christ. Maybe you don't know Jesus. We pray you would repent of your sins. Entrance into heaven is by invitation only, and individual invitations have been sent out to all. But you must RSVP. That's the simple truth from today's study of Luke chapter 6 by Pastor Xavier Reese. By the way, today's message titled, Are You in the Kingdom of God? is available on CD for only $4. And we'll be including everything we heard the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is, Are You in the Kingdom of God? Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for helping us by mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths from the Gospel of Luke, coming right here next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com